Welcome back to another episode of Radio Pulso, also known as the Boyle Heights Beat Podcast. My name is Kate Valdez, and joining me today is my co-host, Kevin Martinez. How are you today, Kevin? Hi, Kate. Nice to see you again. I'm doing really good. It's been it's been a good day. Kind of warm, but really good. We're in the heat of the summer. Yes. <laughs> and also in a huge drought, so save water, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, well, with that being said, uh, just really quickly, we want our audience to know that we are a radio program and podcast brought to you by the community news outlet, Boyle Heights Beat. This is a program that trains local high school students to publish a community newspaper, and it also produces this very own podcast. And we just actually published our latest edition, so if y'all haven't checked it out, please do so. Yes, and on today's episode, uh, we wanted to talk about the 6th Street Bridge that just opened up in early July. Uh, the Boyhead Speed team went to the grand opening of the 6th Street Viaduct on July 9th. Yeah, it was really great seeing it all come together after four years of it being in construction. We basically went out and spoke to a few people about how they felt with the bridge being opened. And as we were walking on the bridge, we noticed there was a big group of people and we overheard them telling people that some of their family members helped build the bridge. Yeah, and we approached them and our reporter, Alex Medina, had the chance to talk to Martin Gomez and Monique Calavis, an uncle, niece duo who worked on the 6th Street Bridge for the past four years. Martin says they had other family members who worked on the bridge with them. Let's take a listen. My name is Martin Gomez. My niece is Monique. That, that's why we're here, you know, to build a beautiful bridge. I've never built one like it. I don't think I'll ever build another one like it, but uh, I'm proud to say that uh, I'm part of it. Right? How was your green cycle working on the bridge? I liked it. I worked with family mostly, so it brought us all closer. It was a good experience. It's a good first bridge experience. So yeah, it was. Okay. Experience, yeah. Yeah. She's experience, yeah. She learned she 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 a lot, you know, and her dad taught her a lot. I taught her a little bit, but her dad taught her a lot. Uh, she knows how to run a saw. I mean, a nail gun and everything. You ask her. I mean, uh, she, she knows how to use all our tools. Uh, I'm proud of her. You know? So, what are you all most looking forward to now that the bridge is open? Or so, uh, to drive on it. <laughs> I'm gonna drive on this bridge. I, I built it. So, yeah. It was really nice to know that many of the construction workers were actually female, and I'm pretty sure that the architect, Michael Maltzman, prided himself in having staffed many females for this specific project. Yeah, I also think it's just really dope that Gente were a part of this project. You know, like, you can actually sure. hear how proud Martin and Monique uh, just sounded, and, and, how, and I just remember them saying, you know, that they built this bridge, and I, you can see just how excited and proud they are about themselves and what they represent to the community. And they were like a huge group. So like everybody was just there super excited to celebrate with them, like the grand opening. And they just seemed really, really proud of them as well. Just to be a part of that, like excitement. Yeah. Like I would be proud too. I know. So, right. Yes. Like, <laughs> like I would tell my kids and my grandkids, like, yo, I built that. That's like a staple. Yeah. Like imagine like, oh yeah, my uncle built this bridge. Like what? Like <laughs> that's crazy. For sure. So Alex also had the chance to interview Ruby Wu, 13, who was standing next to her 1948 Chevrolet Fleet Line, Bombita Betty, and was excited to drive her car on the bridge. Let's take a listen to her interview. Nice to meet you. I'm here with uh, Boy Heights Beat. Yeah, and can you tell me a little bit about why you're out here today on the 6th Street um, Viaduct opening? Why I'm here today? Well, I am honored and privileged to be here to have my car um, 
my car, Bombita Betty, a 1948 Chevrolet Fleet Line. She's literally the only 40s car on this bridge. Uh, so she's representing that era of the 1940s. Um, myself, my great-grandpa was a pachuco back in the day, so I kind of am into that uh, style, if you will. Um, and it's, it's kind of Im embedded in my bones and in my blood. So being here today um, to represent not only family, you know, my grandpa, my great-grandpa actually, um, and my grandpa, they used to be coyotes. They would drive fit families over from Oaxaca on the border and you know, help them establish their, their life here. And, and so that bridge and this bridge, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, not only a, a metaphorical puente, you know, for keeping us united and allowing that uh, transition, if you will, um, but, you know, just honoring the history Honoring the fact that this is a, a momentous occasion for the city of Los Angeles, recognizing that there's so much uh, historically behind the past bridge, and now getting to make some new moments here. So I'm so happy to be here. Appreciate it. Okay, so um, I I took several photos on the old bridge. Um, I know that I'm in love with uh, the old architecture from the 1940s, the 20s, 30s, etc. The old riveting and all of that. So. I had some some nice memories under the bridge, you know, um, and you know, driving over and getting just that scenic view and driving into Boyle Heights because I'm from Boyle Heights. So driving into home or or driving into the city from home, you know, just so beautiful. So something that you can't uh, capture in words, really, you know. So miss the old bridge, but definitely happy to have this one and to be out and enjoying the the birthday. What are you most looking forward to with the bridge now being open? Definitely the new memories. The new memories, um, driving her into downtown, not having to go on the freeways and stuff to get into downtown. And some of my favorite restaurants are right over the bridge. So definitely excited for that, um, for new opportunities that are going to come, you know, uh, and the, the people who will be able to develop new experiences on this bridge and participate my last question, can you just tell me a little bit about, like, what's your favorite thing about your um, car? Okay, so Bombita Betty, her first owner was actually killed in the car, unfortunately, but there are bullet holes in the grill. So that is my favorite feature of this vehicle. Um, secondary favorite thing is that I put on the most mo uh, miles on her. Uh, the first owner barely drove her, second put on maybe a couple hundred, and I put on 5,000 miles on her car, so really happy about that. Thank you so much. And just one last question. Can you yeah. tell me a little bit about the fit today? Oh, yes. So uh, this is from uh, Pop-Up Mercadito something. I don't know. I, I went to a Dia de los Muertos event. Um, but the style is from the 1940s, the off the shoulder. Um, I was wearing vintage earlier and my homegirl was like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. So changed the outfit real quick last minute. Uh, the, That's a siren. That's a classic sound of the lowrider community. So really happy that you guys got to hear that. Sure. That's perfect way to end it. <laughs> thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Ruby Wu is just like a naturally like a great storyteller. Um, she actually shared with me that um, Bombita Betty actually has a bullet hole like in the front, yeah, the front bender of like the car. And you actually you could actually see it like if you were standing there in the flush. There's like that bullet hole like right there on the front bumper. And I was like, bro, like that's that's crazy. <laughs> did she ask or did she share how that she happened? She shared the story because I was obviously interested. Like I wanted to know like the context of the car. And then she overshared, not overshared, she just shared <laughs> about the bullet hole. And it's something that she prides herself in with the car itself. Like there's just so many stories that surround 
her and the car like it's like a whole ass relationship so and for myself like just walking down the bridge it was like really really exciting and just enjoying the ambiance there was a bunch of like um pop-up vendors a lot of food options and i mean let's not let leave out that la sonora dinamita was there in the flesh too and i mean the performance was like outstanding it was just like a really really great time it was a party it was a whole ass party yeah like on a bridge and it was just really exciting to see a bunch of different people from Boyle heights from downtown la people that were just tourists literally tourists coming to la and that they had the chance to be a part of this event have you been back since the day that the event happened i've only actually driven down it once after that yeah i it's i don't really live nearby so i have to go out of my way just to, like be on the bridge mm -hmm. um and i was on my way to the flower market in downtown when i when i took the sixth street but that was literally the only time <laughs> that's funny yeah. i i mean i sometimes go out of my way just to cross just the bridge <laughs> even though i could technically take the fourth <laughs> or like the, fir the, like the, the first street bridge i'm like nah i'm gonna drive to the sixth street bridge and then yeah, it's so funny, so funny that you say that because we get to the flower market and my sister and I were driving separate cars because she had to go to work after that. And she's like, bro, like you made us drive all through Boyle Heights just to get to the flower market when we could have just taken the five. And I was like, but like I wanted to drive down the six street bridge. And she was so upset because it took us like 20 minutes when it should take you like 10 to get to the flower market from my house. Um, gas prices too. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> but it, w it was worth it. It was worth it. No, yeah, and it was like early morning, so there wasn't a bunch of cars on it, and the skyline was like super clear that morning. So yeah, I mean, it's an experience. Like if anyone hasn't done it yet, like I, I would highly recommend that you do it. Yeah, and I, I, I remember seeing like the first few weeks, like people would go at night, and it's, it gets packed. Like it, it's a, it's mm -hmm. a whole parade basically, and like it should take less than a minute to cross a bridge, like. People would say it takes like it would take them like at least half an hour, or maybe even more, hour, like yeah, ten minutes yeah, or so. Yeah. It's like legit like a hangout spot now. It's like yeah. let's just hit up the Sixth Street Bridge, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, I've been a couple of times. The best times I've found that it's just breathtaking to just drive through is like sunset. Sunset, um, yeah. It's nice. There's been like a handful of times when I'm just on Instagram and I always like I see people's stories and some people are taking pictures of the sunset. I'm like, oh, like I know where you're at because it's yeah, it's pretty breathtaking. But um, while there was much excitement about the bridge opening in the beginning, it actually later turned to a safety issue, a safety concern after ongoing cases of illegal and unsafe activity on the bridge. There were numerous street takeovers, graffiti, vandalism, crashes, parked cars and dangerous social media stunts during the first couple of weeks that it opened. For now, things seem to be doing a little bit better, but obviously there are still a lot of safety concerns that the bridge still brings. Many people have expressed concerns about the bike lane on the bridge, voicing that the rubber bollards aren't that protective of cyclists if a car were to run into it. Other people have mentioned that the concrete barrier should have been placed as a division between the road and the bike lane, making it so that both the bike lane and pedestrian sidewalk are more protected from oncoming Coming up next, we'll have Pablo de la Hoya, who also happens to be a Boyle Heights Bee photographer mentor, talk about his experience on the bridge and what safety concerns he has on the subjects. Pablo de la Hoya is a photographer and videographer based in East Los Angeles. His work has appeared in YR Media, KQED, and NPR. He currently works as the head of community engagement and success for REACH. Pablo is also a cycling enthusiast who rides his bike across LA County. So with us today is Pablo de la Hoya. Uh, let the audience know how, how are you today, Pablo. Doing well. A little hot, but doing okay. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's summer's definitely picking up this year. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Okay, so what were your thoughts when it was announced back in 2016 that the Sixth Street Bridge was going to be rebuilt? Well, um, back in 2016, um, when they initially said that it needed to be rebuilt, it kind of made sense. Um, you know, the infrastructure of it and the possibility of it being it collapsing in case of a, emer- like a major earthquake is obviously very scary. So if it needed to be rebuilt for that, great. Um, but, you know, there is some emotion attached because growing up in L.A. and for a lot of it's in East L.A., that bridge is, like, so commonly known. Um, thanks to the movies, thanks to trying to get to downtown, etc. Especially, like, the fashion district and the flower district. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a kind of a bittersweet moment. Of course. Uh, you do bring up how it was a little bit iconic, but did it have any personal connections or ties to you personally? Yeah, so as I uh, grew up, um, I got really into cars and driving around. So, as you can imagine, cruising became a part of my life. So, <laughs> going across the bridges, both the 6th Street and the 4th Street Bridge, was like a common thing for me. For sure. And when you talk about cruising, um, do you mean like how our you know how it's really common amongst like the Latinx culture and um, community? Uh, people have like vintage cars and they cruise down the streets. Uh, do you fall under under that spectrum, or it was just like cruising in your car with some friends? It's more of just like cruising with my car because I drive a more modern Mustang. Oh, I see. Um, so it's like the beginning of my drive was just to go through downtown, take in all the lights, and then I would go up to like Angeles Crest Highway or Pacific Coast Highway. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so let's talk about now. So now that it is rebuilt and it's officially opened. What were your initial thoughts of the newly built bridge? My first thoughts going up to the bridge, because I hadn't really looked at it from afar or gotten any sense for what it's actually starting to look like, um, was that it looked smaller than it is from the outside. Until you actually drive onto it and start walking on the bridge, it feels a lot smaller than it is. But overall, it's a pretty cool design. Um, The arches are really cool and kind of bring the old elements of the bridge into the new so it's really nice. When you first saw it for the first time, what excited you the most about it? Like when you just saw it, like first reactions? Initially, I was excited that there was a walkway that was separated from the cars mm-hmm. and that there was a bike lane. Although from like the initial photos, it didn't seem like there was a bike lane. And then actually going and seeing it, I saw that there was a bike lane. So that was pretty cool. Um, it's my understanding that you're like a diehard cyclist and you love cycling. (laughs) Yeah. So as a cyclist, what has been your experience cycling the bridge if you have already or haven't? Yeah. So I have, um, ridden across the bridge when it initially opened on Sunday. So that meant that it was still close to cars. Mm -hmm. Um, and that experience was great because there's no cars. Um, but knowing, you know, what's happened since then with like the takeovers and people driving recklessly on the bridge, it is a little concerning that the bike lane isn't fully protected. Right. Meaning that if a car loses control or is not paying attention, they can easily veer into the bike lane and hit someone. Right. Within the bike lane itself, outside of there being the danger of the cars, was there anything else that wasn't up to par um, amongst you or like your fellow cyclist friends that thought like, that's not safe? I really should have reconsidered that. Um, not necessarily, no. Um, the pavement isn't the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, like, super smooth, which makes sense. It's not, like, compared to the walkway where pedestrians are walking, mm-hmm. the, the pavement of the cycle, bike lane is, is very much the same pavement as the foot driving lane. I see. And it just, to me, that 
the surface of the world looks like it's unfinished. It's like very mm. rough, and in some parts it's more rough than others. So it's almost like typical LA. The road is already kind of cracked <laughs> up and not looking right. great. And why is that an issue for most cyclists like yourself? Um, it really just depends on the type of bike that someone's riding. Um, the thinner the tires, the easier it is to lose control if there's a bump in the surface or right. if there's a crack. But um, all in all, there shouldn't be too much of an issue with the actual surface of it. There's more so a problem with like the um, the openings where they have. Like, I'm assuming it's so that the water can drain off the bridge when it rains. I it ever rains. Okay. The actual manhole covers are very open, so it makes it possible that as a cyclist, your tires can actually seep in there. Mm. Um, but it looks like they did a good enough job to prevent that. <laughs> it just, it just for me from from the you know from looking at the outside in, I personally would probably avoid that. Right. Riding across the bridge. So with your cyclist background, what what type of what does a solution look like for you in this instance? Were you talking about like the possible rain drain or um, the actual pavement? What could yeah. they have done better, essentially? Yeah, luckily there's plenty of great examples across the county and city of bike lanes that have done this and done it well. <laughs> um, the river paths are somewhat better paved, especially the newer ones, like the Alley River Path around Griffin Park and the Autry Museum. That there is actually really well paved. Um, and then even like the San Gabriel River Pipe Trail is actually pretty well paved. Um, so having like a smoother surface, I think would help a lot, but then also, you know, having more separation between the rider and the car would be right. great. Not just across the bridge, but in more places across the city and the county. Right, right, right. Has it disencouraged you like at all to continue cycling on the bridge or it's not really that big of a problem to you? Personally, I probably would never ride across the bridge. Oh, wow. Okay. Because, well, yeah, one, because it's very inaccessible to me as someone that starts by riding in East LA. Mm -hmm. The only way I can get from where I'm living to the start of a bike lane is to take the gold line or to go through like neighborhood streets to avoid all the major streets where accidents are more likely to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so personally, I probably wouldn't ride it anymore. Um, the same reason why I don't ride my bike in downtown LA is where there are bike lanes, there's often cars parked inside right. of the bike lanes, mm -hmm. or unfortunately, there's also homeless encampments that take over the bike lanes. Right, right. So you don't go out of your way to bike just the streets of LA, right? Like you're very specific about finding mm -hmm. a bike lane just, just for cyclists yourselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a lot of the places where I normally cycle are um, Griffin Park, and recently they actually closed a major road um, along the park that leads to a part of the road where it's kind of like hiking trail kind of paved road mm -hmm. so it's opened up the possibility of having more road and space for cyclists with less worry about cars coming through um, so that's been great we cycle there a lot with my friends also in Pasadena where the Rose Bowl is mm -hmm. um, mostly because it's quieter uh, so it lends itself to having a little bit more open casual ride than having to look over your shoulder very often. Right. I'm realizing that you don't typically cycle in Boyle Heights or East LA at all. Um, you always have to go to like a different city or a different county. So how does that make you feel that you can't really bike in, in your hometown of East LA slash Boyle Heights? Yeah. So as a non-commuter, I have a like a non-cycling commuter, I have the luxury of picking where I ride. Right. Um, but it is very disheartening to have to um, either drive to where I ride my bike or ride um, out of my way 
to get to the location, right? So, like, right. I'll have to take very long detours to avoid major streets um, to eventually get to where I want to get to. Uh, but I think for me, what really concerns me is, is the safety for our commuters because I have that luxury of driving, but many don't. And that is a lot of the reason why we see cyclists on the sidewalks during these LA and right. rides. Because uh, it's just not safe to ride, like, on Cesar Chavez anywhere on the street. Right. Do you feel like the 6th Street Viaduct is a step towards the right direction at all, even though it has its, right, like, its, its um, disadvantages for most cyclists? But do you at least recognize that they're trying, that they're attempting to go in the right direction? Um, that's, that's hard to answer, but in summary, yes and no. Yes, because at least there's a bike lane. Right. No, because it just further proves that they don't care enough to make it safe enough for everyone. Because in reality, a protected bike lane, a fully protected bike lane, is not much more different than what they've already built. Right. Like they just took what they built for pedestrians and mm-hmm. then added a little layer to it. Right. Done. Problem solved. Right. Um, but the reality, like the the so-called protected bike lane that they've already created, has already been ran over. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen the videos of a white car that was already going pretty slow still mm-hmm. managed to get over the bumps and right. then hit the concrete. So, still pretty dangerous. So, with all your safety concerns, do you ever see yourself like trying to advocate for the community for for more of a safe a safer road for most cyclists? Yeah, I, I, I try to. I live in East LA, which technically is in LA City, but there was recently a survey going around for LA City to get something on the ballot to create more space mm-hmm. uh, for cycling. They not necessarily meaning. Um, more bike lanes around the city, but more so creating more spaces for bikes that are designated spikes, uh, bike zones, which is really great to see that initiative happening. Fortunately, I couldn't sign it because of my zip code, which is <laughs> sad, but I would love to see, you know, um, East LA, Hilda Solis kind of step up and create more bike lanes in East LA because to my knowledge, there's one and it's it goes through Mednet between like Laurel and Whittier Boulevard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, others but that's the main one that i remember and that's pretty disappointing right no yeah that's really disappointing this is news to me i as far as i was concerned i just know the one right here on first street like it mm-hmm. goes for a long stretch and then it, um, you get to east la and it ends and it ends oh yeah. right so that's the okay that's exactly the issue so what would, what would your advice be as, as a cyclist to um just like regular people like what can we do to help y'all out in this like struggle to advocate for more more um bike lanes and safety as well yeah, I think the really important thing for everyone else to know about cyclists is that we are technically considered vehicles by the city, but we are not considered vehicles by other drivers, um, which is very sad because drivers are in cars that weigh a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and cyclists are on a bike that is not protecting them at all. The only protection we have is our helmets. Um, and even then, um, helmets are not state of california for anyone over the age of 18 so there's that as well unfortunately but it's really up to each individual person to choose where to wear a helmet but the point i was trying to make is that as a driver just be a little bit more aware and cognizant to the fact that a, a rider on the road has as much of a legality to be there for sure um as you do of course um and just for context like how long have you actually been cycling yeah, so I'm what I'm, I'm calling myself a COVID cyclist because I, I started riding my bike when um, the pandemic started. So I was one of the 
people that got a bike during the pandemic and created a huge short <laughs> of bikes <laughs> across um, the city and, and, and the country. But yeah, so I've been riding since 2020, so uh, a little over two years now. Nice, nice. Would you recommend it? Yes, 100%. Um, <laughs> I know that there's a lot of issues with safety concerns and all that, but at the end of the day, it's a great way to get out, explore your city, and exercise. Nice, nice. Well, that's that's a really good note to leave it at, but if do you have anything else to add for our audience members that are listening? Nope, that's it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Pablo, for sharing your insight, um, for being a cyclist in L.A., and just for sharing why it's so important that our congressmen, our mayor, and, and other representatives really bent down on like safety reasons and why it's important to have safety when it comes to bike lanes. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It was great listening to Pablo talk about his safety concerns regarding the bridge as a cyclist, and he's also reminded me how I could do my own part being an active commuter in the East LA Boyle Heights area and how we should all just be respectful to our fellow cyclists on the streets. And listening to Pablo talk about his cycling experiences has really motivated me to start biking more often as well, since I do have my own bike, but for some reason I don't use it as much as I should. I hope you all enjoyed listening to him as much as I enjoyed talking to him. Well, that's a wrap for our Radio Pulso podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kevin Martinez. And I'm Kate Valdez. And if you ever want to pitch us an idea for the radio show or our newspaper, you can send us an email at boilheightsbeat at gmail.com. That's boilheightsbeat at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from all of you as we do pride ourselves in offering noticias por y para la comunidad. Or we'd even love to have you on our show. Also, make sure to check us out on social media to stay up to date. You can follow our Radio Pulso Instagram account at Radio Pulso. That's triple R-A-D-I-O-P-U-L-S-O. And thanks to the people who make Boyle Heights Beat possible, especially Chris Kelly and Antonio Mejia Sarandas. And a huge thank you to our radio producer, Jackie Ramirez. You'll hear from us soon. Don't forget to tune in. Until then, suerte Boyle Heights. Nos vemos en la calle.